Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. In this episode, we're looking at a very important topic of receiving from God or receiving from His Spirit. And I'll kind of explain the context as we start to get into the first few points about the giving versus receiving aspect of it. But really in this episode, there'll be a lot of scripture references. So just to keep that in mind in case you're writing anything down or want to review later, a lot of scripture references as we kind of break down point by point and question by question. I like to start with a a part of, of knowledge or something that I'm learning, but trying to be as curious as possible as we're led by the Spirit to continue to ask questions, to dive deeper and deeper until I to see if I really understand. I don't just want to stop at a surface level of understanding, but continue to go deeper. So again, there'll be a lot of scripture we'll go through to support each of these points, so I hope you follow along with that. So again, we're looking at how to receive of God. What does his knowledge tell us? And what does it say about his giving as well? So the first thing we'll look at is this point, and this is point number one, which is every good and perfect gift comes from God including our inheritance and our power. And the first scripture for that is James 1.17, where he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, with whom there is no shadow or variation or change with. So he says, Every good and perfect thing comes from above. It's coming down from God. And part of the context on how to receive of God is understanding his giving, is that when in terms of the things that we have, the things that we need for this life, and I'm not just talking about in a basic sense, which God cares about our basic, normal, everyday needs as well, but everything that God wants us to have to walk successfully for him as a Christian, fulfilling our purpose that he destined for us, how do we receive of those things in order to use them, the great and powerful things of the Holy Spirit? And it's never an issue with God giving. So in case that's part of your mindset, don't it's time to eliminate that today. It's not an issue of God giving, it's an issue of us receiving, and as we lay out the verses here, you'll understand. So this verse says that every good and perfect gift is coming down from God. The next scripture supporting that is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith into salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So he's saying that God in his abundant mercy has given us these things by the fact that we're born again in Christ, which this is what all of this is predicated on, that we've received Jesus in faith and have started a new life in him. He said not only does every good and perfect gift come down from him, but by the sheer fact that you're born again, he's given you this power this inheritance that can't be corrupted or taken away from you, and he's giving you this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus and through the experience you have now gone through. So all these things come from God. And then the third verse for that is Ephesians 1.3. And he says the same, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, there's a lot in that one verse, and for our sake today, what we're pulling out is that he's already blessed us. Now, to really summarize it is that God sent Jesus, as we know, like John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And he packaged everything we need into Jesus and then gave us him. So everything we're looking for is in Jesus. And that's why we receive it all by his spirit, the Holy Spirit within us. So God has already blessed us, and it says here, with every single spiritual blessing, so they're blessings that are spiritual in nature, they're in heavenly places, and they're found in Christ alone. 
So again, there's a lot of layers to unpack there. We won't go into every detail, but no, even the things for your physical life here on earth are first a spiritual blessing. So there's something of the spirit that must take place. It's first in heavenly places before it's here in the earth, and you find it in Christ who is the word. So keeping that in mind, even when you're looking for material blessings, help with food, help with money, help with clothing, the things that God promises to help us with, and the scripture does say that, it'll first come spiritually. We have to learn how to receive it spiritually if we want it to be physically present with us. Something to meditate on because that gets deeper as well. But we're looking at now spiritual things, even things that we get physically from God will first be received spiritually. So we need to see what does it take to do that. So now we know that we receive of the Spirit of God from him directly through Christ. So the next point, how do we receive of the Spirit of God? Well, you must be spiritual to receive of the Spirit. Spiritual, the root word of that being spirit, there's something of the Spirit, spirituality, spiritual in nature, in order to connect with and receive of the Spirit. And this scripture is 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14. And it says this, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, who does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So you have two people in contrast here. You have the natural man, meaning the person without the Holy Spirit, and then you have the spiritual man, which is the person with the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be spiritual? We're going to look at that in a second. But to be to receive of the Spirit, you must be spiritual, he's saying here. If you want to discern and compare spiritual things, if you want to receive of the Spirit of God, you must be spiritual. The natural man can't do that. It's foolishness to him. He won't accept it. You can't be in the state of a natural man and receive these things of the Spirit. They are for someone who is spiritual. So next question. Again, I said we'll be going layer by layer asking these questions in order to get understanding, not just speak knowledge that we've heard before, not just to speak out of memorization, but to truly understand what we're learning here. So, if you need to be spiritual to receive the Spirit, next we need to ask how to be spiritual. And how to be spiritual is to operate by and follow the nature of the Spirit. Really, spiritual means that, one, you have the Holy Spirit and you are led by the Spirit. It's walking in the Spirit living in the spirit as the bible says a few verses to show for that so how to be spiritual led by the spirit one verse romans 8 14 and it says this for as many that are led by the spirit of god these are sons of god this chief characteristic of being a son or child of god is that the spirit of god leads you this is key to being spiritual the spirit of god leads you Jesus talked a little bit about our new nature of the Spirit when we're born again in John 3, 8. And he says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So there's mystery surrounding us born of the Spirit. It changes our nature. It changes our operation. And the Bible says we need to be led by the Spirit to be a son of God. Also, Galatians chapter 5 Galatians 5, first verse is verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. To walk in the Spirit, by walking means your lifestyle, how you live your life. That's what it means when the Bible says walk. So he says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
you skip down to verse 25 and he says, if you live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So if your new life is in the spirit, then it's necessary for you to also live by that same spirit, the Holy Ghost of God. So this is very important. How do you be spiritual? You be led by the spirit. You've been born again in him. And not only do you have a life in his spirit, you are led by that same spirit. So you see we're adding the layers here. We receive the Spirit of God. Every good and perfect thing comes down from Him. You have to be spiritual to receive. How do you be spiritual? You be led by that Spirit that you receive through Jesus. So now we ask, how do you live by and follow the Spirit? Because if we're supposed to be led by the Spirit, we need to ask, well, how do I do that? How do I become a follower of the Spirit? How do I submit to His leading? The Bible makes it plain as well, and it's actually very practical. It's not convoluted. It's not some deep theological framework we need to go through. The Bible makes it plain and clear. First key verse for that is Psalm 119.105, which you might be familiar with. Let's see, Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we're learning how do we live by and follow the Holy Spirit because we want to be spiritual. We want to receive of the things of God we need for this walk of life and this Christian journey. Well, he says, by his word, you receive light to know about where you are and where you're going. Light for where you are and for your path. The next verse is Romans 8, 5. A lot in Romans 8. Very key verse here as well. And Romans 8, 5 says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh and those who live according to their spirit on the things of the spirit. So this one is very, this is very important to understand, and it's also not tricky or complicated in terms of its understanding. I've missed this many times in this verse, but this has been very crucial for me. How are we led by the spirit? God says it this way, if your mind is set on spiritual things, we just talked about his word being our light and our lamp. If your mind is set on spiritual things, he says, naturally you'll follow after the spirit. And then conversely, if your mind is set on things of the flesh, on worldly things, on desires contrary to God's word, you will walk after the flesh or the sinful nature. So it comes down to the state of your mind, the things you dwell on, the things you think on, the things that you allow into your mind. He says, whatever you think on, you're in that. You think on the flesh, you're in the flesh. Obviously, you have a body and live in this earth, but he's talking about what desires drive you, what is leading you. He says, whatever the status of your mind is, that's what you'll follow after. So just as easily as you can set your mind on the spirit and walk after him, you can set your mind on the flesh and walk after those things. It teaches us to guard our mind. What is your mind continually stayed on? So how do we live and follow the spirit? Live by and follow the spirit? Set your mind on the things of the spirit, which includes and chiefly his word, which is a light and a lamp. Another verse for this is Colossians 3, 1 through 3. And he says, if then, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He said, your new life in the spirit is with Christ who is in heaven right now. He said, your life is above. You're a heavenly citizen. You live by the spirit that's within you. You live by Christ who you are seated with in heavenly places. So if you set your heart and your mind on things of the earth, you're going to be off balance. You're not going to be leading, being led by the spirit. You're going to be following the things of the flesh. So he's like, literally set your heart and your mind that are here on the earth. 
Focus them on where your life truly is, your spirit life, born again in Christ. He's up in heavenly places on the throne. Look up to him with your heart and your mind. Stay focused on the things because that's where your life is. That's why the Bible says you're a citizen of heaven, but now you're a stranger in the earth, even though here is all you've ever lived. Because now the new life that defines you is the one of the spirit in heaven, not of the one here on earth. So he says even your earthly life has to be heavenly focused because that's where your life is now. Powerful thought. So we live by the spirit and follow him by setting our mind on the things of the spirit. Boil it down to the next question, our next point. How do you set your mind on the things of the Spirit? This is how I've had to understand and get to a very practical level of God's Word. It's continue to be curious and ask questions to see just how practical, how basic can it get? Does God really explain it step by step? Or is it all convoluted, theological, this, that, and the other? No, he explains it step by step, and I'm glad he does. So how do we set our mind on the things of the Spirit? Will you do that by studying and meditating on the Word of God? We already have talked about his word being our light. Back in Psalm 119, we're pulling another verse from there, and it's Psalm 119, verse 9. And it says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So he says, The path before you, how do you keep it clear and clean, not ensnared by sin and things of the world? You take heed according to his word. You guard your life and your practices and your lifestyle according to what scripture says. Another scripture, again, I said there would be a lot in here, very necessary scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15, where God tells us, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Some translations say, study to show yourself approved. A worker need not be ashamed, rightly dividing and handling the word of truth. So God says, be diligent in your study to know me and my word, so that when I send you out as a workman, you don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to be caught up in bad doctrine and uncertain beliefs. You know my word and can handle it and use it correctly. So study to show yourself approved to God. Jesus says in John 6.63, speaking more about studying and meditating on the word, the benefits of it in order to keep your mind stayed on the spirit. John 6.63, he says, It is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So more than just good advice, this word he's given us, the words of Jesus, the Bible, it's a spiritual light that illuminates us. It's something we can study to show we're approved to God. And these words are filled with spirit and they're filled with life. So when you're taking in the word of God, when you're reading scripture and you're committed to it, you're taking in spirit and life to illuminate your heart and mind. So you see why setting your mind on things of the Spirit causes you to follow after Him? Because when you're taking in that scripture, you're also taking in spirit and light through those words. So it sets your heart and mind not only on things above, but it actually is filling your heart and mind with spirit and life, matching the Holy Spirit, making you receptive to Him and in align with Him. So that's very important. My words are spirit and they are life. Keep that in mind every time you go to study scripture. Continuing on, layer by layer, like we said, as we uh, wrap up with our last few points here. So, we set our minds on the things of the Spirit by studying and meditating on the Word of God. Okay, so how do you study the Word? Is there a practical way to study the Word? Treat the Word like food. Treat Scripture like food. We all know food. We all know how to eat it. We all know our appetites. We all would like at least to eat three times a day, three square meals. So, we treat the Word like food, meaning we consume it daily. 
Some of the scriptures for that is like Matthew 4, 4. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So just as your body needs bread, so your spirit life needs the word of God. Your heart and your mind get illumination through the word of God that becomes food for you. It's spiritual food for your spirit, just as food is food for your body. So man does not live by bread alone. Another passage is Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. He says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law is the apple of your eye. So close and focused are you upon the word, consuming it daily like food, that he says, keep my words like the very apple of your eye. Also, Joshua 1, verse 8, what did he instruct Joshua to do as he set out to lead over a million people? He said, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... That will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. He says, if you want to go forward in this major task of leading over a million Israelites, you want to be successful and prosperous in it, don't leave this scripture. Even meditate on it and be in it day and night. It's your food. You have to take it even more than you do regular food. A couple other verses that go with it, but one other that I'll share. Back to 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's 1 Peter 2, verses 2 and 3, and he says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. He's saying, as you're in your spiritual development, from immaturity to maturity as a Christian, as a spiritual man or woman, you need to crave the pure milk of the word. So even the most basic foundational pieces of God's knowledge begin to crave it and desire it and consume it daily and consume it early and often, Day by day, he says, you will grow in that immensely if you do so. So how do you study the word? Treat it like food. We all know how to eat food and our desires for that. The word of God further says that his word, his scripture is priceless. It's sweeter than honey out of the honeycomb. So as you begin to crave it, as you begin to consume it daily, you'll see the sweetness of the word. You'll become habitually in it, almost addicted to the word of God when you begin to draw that life and that spirit that Jesus promised are in his words. So the final word to kind of, if we can, summarize all that we're talking about is that you need to put yourself in a continual position to receive of God. He's already given everything. You need to finish the last part of being receptive to what he's given through Christ. And the word is alignment. When you have alignment with the Holy Spirit in your mind, your heart, your will, your lifestyle, your choices, your words, things come into alignment with the Holy Spirit, the one who's continually giving who's gracious, God who gave every spiritual blessing in Christ. You put yourself in a position to receive, and there's nothing that you will lack on your journey and purpose for God. So I encourage you to go back over these scriptures and over these points. Meditate on them, as he said to do to Joshua. Continue to do so. Put yourself in that position. It's time to get aligned with God because he has no issue in giving. It's our issue in receiving. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that these scriptures help put us in alignment, that we'll use them according to your spirit so that we know how to receive of you for your purposes and not of ourself. Teach us what alignment means through your scripture so that we can do the things for you you've set before us even before we were born. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I appreciate you studying with me. I hope to study again with you very soon.